Welcome to Reactivate the Extreme Robots podcast. And this week we have got a brand new sponsor. Well, not a brand new sponsor, a returning sponsor, but brand new for the UK tour in 2024. We're delighted to have back Get Ready Comics and they present this week's podcast with Andy Collins. It's going to be a fantastic one. But for all of your lounge fly, all of your Funko Pops and all of your geeky needs, get to getreadycomics.com. And with that, we're on with this week's podcast. Well, obviously with me on my own, that would be incredibly boring. So as always, my cohort, my co-commentator, my friend, well, I'm not going to say that on there, but he's one of my friends. Chris you Wilkins, were going to say your best your friends there. I was time. going to say and I stopped yeah. myself. Special friends. Special friends. But you've got a special <laughs> friend and he is coming on this week and he's far more special than us, Chris. Showbiz Andy Collins. First, before we get him on, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Andy. Oh, so Andy and I have been working together for, well, coming up to 10 years now. Uh, we were thrown together in a brief romance of theatre at the Aylesbury Waterside Theatre, where I went in to direct him in Panto. And uh, we got on so well, you know, 10 years down the line now, here I am, still there working with him. And I've got to say, he is one of the nicest people in the world. I'm delighted that he's joining us on here. He's also super talented, but he won't be able to hear that. So we'll say that before he can hear it. So. I know it's good because he's in the waiting room at the moment. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: we uh, we don't have Robot Wars wikis, do we, Chris? But I know a man who does. A man who was indeed around a lot earlier than all of us. But that's nothing about his age. Is Andy Showbiz <laughs> Collins? He's joining us today on the the podcast, and we're delighted to have him here. How are you doing, Andy? I thought if we body swerve this, because I didn't want to do it. Oh, they're on. Here he goes. Oh, oh friends. You know good to what? see you again. It's good that you finally learned the art of comedy after all. <laughs> it's much appreciated. How are you, boys? You well? Really, really good, mate. I am so happy to see you. I've been sort of, when we sort of decided we were going to do this chat, I, I've been so looking forward to it because you're a, a brilliant storyteller as much as you are everything cool. else, mate. So I can't wait to hear some of your your history in the robot fighting world and have a little bit of a gossip as well mate okay oh yeah i'll give you i'll definitely give you gossip because i've got <laughs> to the age now I'm, you know i'm 53 i know i don't look it but this webcam's a bit poor but um i've got to the age now where i don't care so i'll, I'll, I'll i will unload all gossip and no question is off it's off the rails fantastic right? just like me in the wwe um anyway <laughs> moving, moving on so um we actually come to this andy at a fantastic time because we do a watch along on our Twitch channel and we've yeah. just finished series three. We just had the grand final a few weeks ago, which means we're moving to series four, which I, meet, I believe is the, the redesign of the arena and the first appearance of one Andy Showbiz Collins. Yeah, because I wasn't there for when, uh, obviously, when Clarkson was doing it. So I, yep. I was I was brought in when Craig Charles and Philippa Forrester were, were kind of like doing their thing. And I was initially brought in as like the warm-up man. So for those who aren't aware, the warm-up man is the fluffer, gets everybody cheering and screaming, telling what's coming on. And then I hand over all the glory to the presenters and they do the thing. And then when there's a long old delay, uh, they send a short little fat man on. Hello. <laughs> and then I go and do my bit or when a robot breaks down or stuff like that. Uh, so I did the, I did the, the, the warm up for that. And it was a, it was, that was a great experience uh, just to be on the outside looking in, but that went so well. And then when they did the robot war kind of like tour, um, they said, look, sometimes Craig can do it. Cause we want Craig cause he's our main presenter, but he's been doing other stuff and we need someone who can co-present um, who's cheap. 
hello. So, um, and, and also could do the warm up. I think we pr- so I think I, we prefer the term reasonable nowadays. Don't we? No, 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 cheap. So I, on the tour, I did I did like kind of I did an initial bit of the warm up, and then when the show was happening, I was up with Craig on a balcony bit, doing a little bit of co presenting, and and then you get to see really behind the scenes of these amazing robots and what they can do and how seriously people take it not just the punters but the ones who work on the show who build the, the secure lots oh and, yeah yeah you know those ones you know and uh, it was amazing and how much the punters and of course it was almost like because i'm a massive wrestling fan like chris and then doing something like this was the nearest i ever got to like being involved in wrestling because the punters would have their favorites um a robot would come along and, and destroy one of the favorites there was that real gladiatorial kill 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 kind of vibe um and then i always remember doing once and, and uh, i don't know which robot it was like a power blade flew off and went straight into the screen where the punters were and we all went this could be quite dangerous it's good isn't it and yeah, yeah we, we've uh, experienced cr- things like that chris yeah. do you do you know who that robot was because i think i know no because you're gonna have to, yeah I think that was Aftershock, who only recently has been retired in Extreme <laughs> Robots. And, and 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 so you're part of the reason, that moment, Andy, is part of the reason why we have a double-walled polycarbonate bulletproof really? arena. Because obviously, once it, it goes through one, it's going to stop it, but it's a bit scary seeing it on the other side, isn't it? Yeah, the side it shouldn't yeah. be on. Yeah, 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 exactly. It does, it, 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 you know, you think to yourself, not a good day to be wearing white trousers. But, you know, it was, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was good. And, and also for me, it was, it was, it was the the, the punters who built the robots because these are just, and I mean it in the nicest possible way. They're geeks, but in a, in a really yeah. lovely way. And I, can't, I think I'm going to call him George. That may not be his name. Ginger Air guy, George. Yeah, Bill. absolutely. Chaos two. Chaos two. That was right. And we're in the robot. era of chaos too in our watch along at the moment. Oh, yeah. well, this, so we're bang this, on. Well, this robot was good, as we know. And yeah. he was so sweet and meek and shy and so unassuming initially. And suddenly, you, as he's you no, know, as chaos's two career developed, suddenly this man went, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a heartthrob. I'm a bit of a hero <laughs> to, these, to these people." And the and the and the kids and the audience, they loved him. The presenters loved him because he was so. I mean, any people who didn't like it were the robots that got flipped up in the air and destroyed every time by chaos. Well, yeah, really chaos, chaos Two was at the time, you know, the the, the, the absolute the G of the the robot world, uh, and it, George is a bit of a favourite of our watch along. We're we're really keen on George. We like him a lot on the Twitch. I wonder stream. what he looks like now. I bet he's a. I know. Hey, to tell you what, if, if anybody out there has any contact deals with him, I, I would love to have a chat with George. Absolutely. Would you the TV show? He was, what, six stones soaking wet? You know what I mean? And, yeah, very and, slight. Yeah, yeah. Andy, uh, I, I want to I obviously talk about sort of, you know, the differences between the TV show and the live show, because that's something we always talk about, because, yeah. you know, the, the beauty of editing and all that sort of stuff of the TV show versus the reliability of robots and all those things. But just going back to what you were saying there about, like, you know, these these people and how they, they change and... and things when they get in front of a an audience or when they get their robots we had that a few years ago with craig who's uh looks after saint and gabriel um we call him the willy wonka of robot fighting he's like comes up with he's basically like doc brown you know he's he's the he's the robot equivalent of sort of of doc brown really but he's very quiet and very calm he's got these really vicious robots but we went to manchester and we played event city which is this big old space up there and we, you know, it was a sold out show. There was loads and loads of people in there. And we had a 12 o'clock show on a Saturday. 
and I'm looking through the curtains and I'm seeing loads of people come by with like four pints in one hand, four pints in the other. It was just after the reboot of the Robot Wars when it came back and I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Anyway, so we had a really rowdy crowd that wanted every robot to die. So I was thinking, oh God, what are they going to be like when Craig comes out? Because he's such a nice guy. He comes out and he literally turned into Russell Crowe in The Gladiators. <laughs> he was literally oh, arms out. And he's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. He literally said that. It was like a different person and he became a rock star and they adored him. So it's just amazing watching these people that are quite quiet building these robots and you get them in front of the audience and they just come to life. And those characters are amazing because, it, 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 it's, like you said, it's the guys and girls with the pints and the hot dogs, but also the kids as well. The kids would really really get into it and i always remember there was one particular robot called uh razor do you remember razor yeah oh yeah, yeah we know right. razor uh, yeah so razor uh, had 40 wins he only lost six and 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 i know that everybody will know razor but in case you don't know what razor looked like silver robot very sexy looking robot with a massive kind of hook thing and he would kill the opposition like they are like destroy them and just having what what, what do we have in the audience normally 500, maybe 800 people going, kill, kill, kill. Yeah. It was like, we've gone back to Roman times. This is, I mean, it was amazing. Well, this is why me and Chris often draw comparisons between uh, UFC, boxing, and combat sports, and, 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 and what we have now at Extreme Robots, because there is the pageantry of professional wrestling and UFC. But then there is that moment where all of a sudden you've, you're sat next to a seven-year-old child who's turned into a, well, not bloodthirsty, I guess it would be oil-thirsty, like, you know, little maniac that's screaming for yes. fraud. <laughs> but, then, but then as well, you've got the, as well as the kill moment, you've got that, and, that, and I saw it with my own eyes as well, I remember it. No, Razor lost six times, and I was there when Razor got beat by an egg box. And you think, <laughs> right? and it wasn't. It was like the audience silent. They were going, Razor, Razor, just got beat by something that cost four pound ninety nine uh, and was built from Lego. You know, it's and like it the, was... the, what, the Undertaker at WrestleMania when the yes. streak ended. It was the yes. same. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. We get that anytime. Well, Chris will know this because Chris's favorite moment of 2023, much to Michael Oates's chagrin, is when uh, Eruption, a Series 10 winner, grand champion of Robot Wars, got flipped out in the very last second into the fire pit. And Chris just lost his mind. He just turned into a 12 year old. <laughs> oh. Michael yeah. is like the ultimate tactician and he knows in that three minute fight how to get from beginning to end as you know as brilliant as possible. You know, he was the equivalent of seeing the match out with as Man City. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm watching him getting pushed back towards this what we call the fire pit. Now we don't have the pit that drops, we have a literal fire pit that they go in and they go up in flames. And I watched him get launched out. And I hadn't reacted like that since West Ham won the European Cup and I started crying. <laughs> Just to throw that one in there, Andy. But it was just nice. like, it was mainly because I couldn't wait to talk to him and wind him up. Yes. Yeah, 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 like yeah. All of, all of my synapses started firing going, this is gold. Like, yeah. you know, and you must have found that over the years where, you know, you're so brilliant and so witty um, and, and quick with stuff. When you get those moments and then you speak to them and you go, oh, there's an audience there. Something's happened. This is my moment. Because as you know, in, in Robot Wars, it was always like a team of three, wasn't it? And they'd mm. have different jobs. So you do that. And some teams were brilliant. They would come up in, in like uniformed outfits or look like Janet Jackson with the baseball caps and the matching tops. You know what I mean? And they've just got beaten by little Timothy, who's nine years old, all by himself, <laughs> who's two foot nothing. And then you're interviewing the, the, these grown men, these grown men, you know, 
and 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 there, and, and there is no. There's no loyalty there, but it, well, it's Charlie's fault. He was in charge of the. Uh, <laughs> and you go, well, Charlie, Charlie, they're blaming you. And Charlie, goes, well, it ain't my fault. It's 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 Fred's fault. And that's the moment. It just, it, but you can't help but get caught up in that moment. The problem is, as a presenter, when you go backstage, people seem think that you've got the knowledge of how robots are built. So I would be out back, and, and as you know, in the workshop, and they'd be fixing the robot, and they'd be soldering irons and welding, and all going on. And then like people like George would come up to him, oh, what do you think? Shall I put the power flange with the D whopper, move it over to the L? And I found myself, I found myself going, Yeah, I, I can see that working. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. And then just walking away. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like being in rehearsals with you, to be honest, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I give the look that I know what I'm talking about. Uh, But it's amazing. It's amazing what they can do. I'm always blown by by what they create. It's a bit like um, ready, steady cookers, and they turn up a carrier bag full of junk they've picked up from a scrapyard, and then an hour later they've got this robot that can burst out flames and flip people up in the air. Amazing. Also, sometimes people can leave with their robots and carrier bags as well. Oh, and those uh... are the best moments, aren't they? Not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's nothing. No, they've spent, what, months? Because we're always on the TV show. Uh, hello, uh, hello, Terry. How long have you been building this robot? Well, it's been in construction for about well, a year and a half. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But I'm quietly confident we'll make the semis. Well, off you go in your first round, literally 30 seconds, smash the smithereens. And then Terry walks away. With a bag in his hand and sad music. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, bye bye, Terry. Yeah. Well, we, we, we had that recently where, you know, you've got this amazing robot aftershock from the TV show, very famous. The minute we announce it, you know, the crowd go wild because it's destroyed robots on the TV. And throughout the tour, it's pretty much, you know, sent, as you say, um, robots home in, a, in bags. But we recently had a robot by the Willy Wonka of robot fighting, Craig, which I kid you not, Andy, if you haven't seen it, right, is just giant wheels that are probably about as tall as you and I and a spinning disc in the middle, like 25 kilos. And we put them in together. Like, well, let's see how this goes then. And then we watched Aftershock just get torn in two. And you watch the wow. crowd go, oh, oh, it's gone. <laughs> and then you look backstage and you can just see them shaking their heads going, it's dead. Do you it's limit, because on the TV show, we, uh, if I remember correctly, I don't know the, the actual specifications, we limited to what the punters could go up to in the sense of, PSI and spin rate or whatever. There was a, a strict kind of like guide of how far they could go. Obviously, to kill a lot, you know, and Dead Metal and Matilda and all that, they could go above that. So they were never going to get beat. But sure. Do, do, do you, are there restrictions for the punters if they want to build a robot? So, no, is it? Uh, yeah. So there's, it's basically like, you know, the FIA in, in Formula One, we have the FRA, which is the Fighting Robot Association. So a heavyweight robot has to, be within a certain weight so 110 kilos so they can put mm-hmm. whatever weapons on whatever they want to build it from all that sort of thing but everything has to fit within that weight so some of them will say spend spends that weight on armor so they're very well protected yes or or they'll use it like Zadkill does literally just a spinning disc with a set of plastic wheels on the side of it yeah because the um, wheels are hdpe so they don't weigh anything they just and it means that they bounce up and down so it yeah, can never, it is, nobody yes. can ever destroy them it is, yeah. it is insane. That's literally yeah. what Doc Brown would build. And then, obviously, we have to limit the the speed of the spinning disc. So we have uh, Monsoon uh, that comes to our shows and beat up that Zadkiel on uh, at the end of our last year's tour. Um, and they go to America and do battle bots. And they're a little bit like, they, you know, I think they got, I don't know, 150 miles an hour. We limit it to about 125 miles an hour which is insane. The tip speed, yeah. yeah. The yeah. tip speed, but they do it in a second. I mean, literally, they push a button, and within a second, that 25-kilo piece of 
tank grade metal is spinning at 120 yeah. miles an hour. I'm standing next to it going, oh, there's a thousand people out there. I know, <laughs> and and every time there is that moment, it's that uh, when you've got two spinners in there, that moment where Chris says activate, and there's just that split second. It's like Oppenheimer, you know, where he realizes what he's done, and, <laughs> and you you just get that moment of going, oh god, they're spinning up now. We've got about three seconds before we might have to run for cover. It's incredible, or, or or like you said, somebody spent months developing this and building it, and it's gone through Fight Club, and it's got through, and then they put it in there, and okay, cool, go and get the carry bag. Yeah, yeah, your time here is done. Do you find as well that? if a certain robot is successful then most people will then follow that kind of like that blueprint so like chaos 2 we i always remember we just had loads of flippers then we had the spinning wheels loads of spins not many people i don't think many people tried to copy razor's look because i think that was quite a complicated it's really difficult yeah so just after you were involved this is a topic of discussion that we have quite regularly uh over on twitch is the um cassius cassius was i think series two and everybody built wedge bots there was some was it was i'm gonna gonna cassius uh everybody started to make these 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 kind of to be competitive, you had to have firstly a Shrimek, which was a self-writing system. Yes, but yeah. When you, when you were in it, Andy, about Series Four, I think most people were bringing those in by then because you just couldn't win without one. You either had to flip yourself back. The idea that you could just be immobilized by being rolled over was kind <laughs> of getting phased out by Series Three. But there will were still incredible designs. I think nowadays um, the the robot world falls into two categories a combat robot world there is there is the world of the flippers which is very prominent in the uk high-powered flippers um and then there is the world of the spinners now in between there's push bots and the stuff like um that craig collier's builds massive wheel things with these these huge uh, spinning discs on but there's we're in a kind of weird period where BattleBots has different literally america has different laws than us so Mm -hmm. the way that they can power up their flippers as michael oates will often tell us and we will now butcher trying to explain what they are making is essentially tiny little bombs and in this country we no likey tiny little bombs in in arenas (laughs) so so (laughs) that's where we're at at the moment so really i think that what's coming out now is that people are building different developments and how how to harness co2 better how to it's like high performance vehicles what what's interesting is that i know you talk about these incredible designs of um in robot wars and series three and four we had this discussion recently i don't think there is a robot I don't think there is a robot from that era that would be able to compete now at the top level in, in something like extreme robots. I think it's advanced too far. Yeah. Really? I, I, yeah. It, it, the power of them now and it's the reliability. It's the material. It's, the, it's just like anything. It's the materials. You know, it's like you look at a Formula One car from the 80s in a straight yeah. line, it'll match it. But as soon as it turns in the corner, they'll lose it. It's I, it's just yeah. the way it's just the way things evolve. It's interesting, though, because we we're getting a bit of a resurgence on these axe bots at the moment. And you yes, may remember a robot. Called yes. Thor. You might remember a robot called Thor and stuff like that. Yes. And and we've got a new one that's uh, from last year called Implosion, which is Michael's new baby. And he tested it in his garage and he fired it and it went through his garage floor um wow. literally went wow. through it and and now when he turns up at a show he goes in the arena and he just goes whoopa and he hits a robot and it just kills it <laughs> he, got see, through, the, he got through six in a weekend the problem with the axe robots is when i when i did it when i was a man like granddad so i passed, passed me a word of original is 
it would take they'd have to line it up move it right fire the axe and by that time he's moved so it never it, it took a lot of time to get the axe going uh the fire i always any any robot that had fire what's the point of fire it doesn't do anything it smash them up hit like you said reliability hit them hard enough and eventually something will go that was the, that i thought that was always a, a great tactic to have so, Andy, so when you did the uh, yeah, sorry, Chris, when you did when you did the the tour, I don't know if this yes. is behind the curtain too much, really. But w one thing we s said last week on our podcast is we're a little bit silly, right? So we're trying to run something that runs pretty much every month, three shows over a weekend, and we just let them go at it and deal with the consequences. Really, was that the case on your tour as well, or was there a little bit of an element of pro wrestling, pro yeah, pro wrestling it sort of thing, you know, making running around for three minutes, you know, little jabs and things like that. How did they sort of? Uh, no, no, just go out and kill because 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 to be honest with you, reliability was a key factor. So there was no, ah, of course, like, you know, keep it going to the fifth round or no, keep it no, 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 because you may only last thirty seconds and I don't yeah. know or I don't know how long this battery pack will last for. Okay, well then just go for it. And some battles would be over and quick. Some would go on for ages. Um, it was. I, I, Personally, I think we uh, played it too safe. Like so, when we had like to kill a lot and stuff, you know, no one's going to hurt to kill a lot or, or Matilda. I always thought if they if, if they had a if they had a weakness and if the robots were good enough to take advantage of that, I think I, I always remember that one of the house robots got flipped over, and I remember Matilda. The, was it Matilda? Was it Matilda? It must have been Matilda. Yeah. The reason why I know it's Matilda is because Matilda is still knocking about with us. Really? Yeah. Yes, indeed. She got From the Robot over. Wars live to us. Oh my God! Is she still going? So Matilda got flipped over, and I remember the crowd going wild at that. And I think we could have played out more to that. Um, and I, Chris, and was I, that not Jono that flipped Matilda over? Yeah, old man Finley. Yeah, yeah, I think Jono, it was. I think, yeah. I think he still and talks also, about that. And the also, the referees. If I'm being, if I look back a bit now, but maybe it was different times. I thought the referees were very kind of forgiving at times if they if they thought the robot was getting a bit of a batter and they would stop it whereas i think nowadays you just like oh mate no no they, it literally is like unless the roboteer decides to pull the plug hmm. they just let them go until there's nothing left and some of them revel in the fact that they get a chance to rebuild their robot from scratch yeah. that's been destroyed yeah. so the one thing i mean we've hopefully got it to a place now with the tour where we've got you know material to fill in in the gaps but there are there are unforeseen circumstances that occur so for example i mentioned that zad kill fighting monsoon last year there was a fight between them where they literally got stuck together you know right. they were wedged together and in my year they're like oh this hasn't happened before we can't part them we're gonna have to take the wheels off yeah. um phil uh, how long for don't know brilliant <laughs> and again a thousand people looking at you going what's going on and me and glenn are like okay so Andy, from your experience, as you're the master of this, I mean, I've seen you do this in front of twenty thousand people. It's insane. <laughs> um, yeah. What what is your thought process there? How does it work? And literally, how long could you go on for? I think it would. I think it's a combination. If you've got the tool. So for me, if I would always say that okay, I could do that. And if I can't use, if I can't go in the arena because you're doing that and it's not safe, then give me a cameraman and let me go in a monster crowd. And let me talk to them and put them up on the big screen. Punters love being up on the big screen. And let's 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 do stuff with them. Let's talk to them. Let's do interviews with them. Let's pitch one side against the other. You know, and, and you, 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 uh, I don't want to give too much away because if you want me, it'll cost you a fair few <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have I have uh, tools. I've got Craig program. Charles on the phone, mate. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. he won't take my call. There are um, <laughs> so there will be um, uh, yeah. I would do certain things and have things ready in case that 
happen, and it would happen. So they, they say that uh, there would be, I don't know, something on the, not petrol, but something on the floor, they need to clear that up. But then I would just go out into the audience and have a camera and put them on a the big screen and stuff like that. Like what I did with the Ryder Cup uh, this year gone, you know, I mean, on the first tee, we, you know, we had, we had chance going, and the only thing that ruined it was when the players came out to play golf, it killed the vibe a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good yeah. walk spoil a game of golf, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. So I, I, sometimes you you're itching to go on, you know, because the crowd can be so good. And I think I think what I I'm I'm very, very good at I think is telling the audience how good you are and how amazing you are. And we want you to be you, an audience will do anything you, you want them to do as long as you tell them that they can do it. And, and, and <coughs> we permission. Be, That's all they yeah, need. Permission to have fun. You, you have yeah. Permission to be loud. Walk us. Go for it. If you want to hurl abuse at the robotiers, yeah. you do it. And I always pitch one side against the other. Look at them losers over there, and then go over there and say, look at them losers over there. <laughs> you know, it's just and and just get that kind of fun team kind of competition going. And yeah, it's goodbye. Do you ever get? I've I've never asked you this before. I don't think, and I've known you, and I've seen you in all sorts of situations work-wise, but. Do you ever get nervous now or is it just kind of like it's just there? I think I get nervous energy. I think I get kind of like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think if you don't get nervous, it's a, it's a bad sign that you're in a really bad place if you don't get nervous because nervous energy is good. You've seen me in, in Panto many a time before I go out there and do my son, how terrified I am. So I think nervous energy is good. Um, and then you get that first laugh, that first response. And it's like it's like a footballer. As we've mentioned this in Panto, that first touch. You get that first touch right everything flows great you get that first touch on if you don't get the laugh or if you don't get the response you were hoping for suddenly you're you're, you're playing catch up and, and that that could be a bit unnerving but yeah you get that first touch right you're you're away i like that that's a good that's a good analogy i'm wondering if chris has frozen or if he's just blinking very slowly oh no he was just really listening oh, goodness we have never seen that before I he doesn't he listen had- to I thought he was having a stroke. I was calling. What was that? No, I was just listening. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, phone I'm, your wife. I'm a really good interviewer. I listen to what the person says and responds accordingly. That's oh, kind no, of I've, but Andy, I've never seen that face before. That's yeah, incredible. Never, that'll never catch on. No. Yeah. Um. And and I suppose from also with that, like, how much do you, how much do you prep in terms of like, so for example, and I know you do lots of different uh, yeah. TV shows. Feel free to reel him off, mate. I know we call you showbiz, so no, well, um, we've got to finish this soon. I'll be here till four, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, do you, you know, when you're in a situation at the front and you're interviewing somebody, or like even on the radio show, as you, as you are, you know, this morning, um, do you just sort of have a couple of questions and then riff off them, or do you kind of have to really prep it? I think no, no, no. I think it's it's a combination of both. Be prepped, but also also have two. Or, I have like two or three questions, and then as you just mentioned listening because nothing winds me up when you, you, you're hearing a someone do an interview and they go yeah and i was talking about that and then i slept with a goat and they don't pick up on the fact that they slept with a goat and they carry on with the next question you go no 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 he just said he slept with a goat yeah uh, so it's it, yeah, that's an extreme um so, so listening <laughs> is definitely key um and being prepared and, and having a little bit of knowledge about the don't be there's nothing worse than having a presenter who thinks they know the inner and everything about everything so when i Doing there's my no, there's no fear of that at Extreme Robots. We yeah, don't, no. mate. So when, when I do the breakfast show, I, I, I literally play it as a, I'm a punter. And I know this is going to be a really silly question, but what, what does that mean? Why can't you just do that? But that's not how, that's not how governments work. Yeah, but why isn't it? You know, and, and, and just yeah, really, yeah. and it's, it's not acting. I am, a, I am a punter at the end of the day. And that's how I play my radio show. And I think that's why it does so well. It's because I don't try and be all smug and clever and radio four. 
you know, I'm just I'm just like you. I pay my taxes and I want to know why my bins aren't getting emptied on a Friday. Tell me that. We're going to open with that on the tour this year. <laughs> what, what? Why your bins aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then for warm-up, I think warm-up is a different thing. The warm-up is a warm-up job. is a hard job because you could be doing your thing and it's going really well. And then they'll go in your ear or the floor manager will go, right, the talent's ready. And you've got to stop. At that point, there is no, well, hold on, I've got to finish the gag. No, 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 you're off. And a lot of people who are much funnier than me, much funnier than me, can't do warm-up because they're not used to being, uh, I use a great analogy. They, they can't, a warm-up, you are the bridesmaid. You're never the bride. And some people can't handle being the bridesmaid. And they want to be the bride. They want to be the centre of attention. And you're not. You're there to do a job. And then when the talent comes out, you have to step off the stage, step down, let them take the moment. And all that work you've done to get the audience fluffed up, they're now taking all the glory. But yeah, you know, but that means you've done it. your job right. And that's what you're there for. Oh, oh, oh the, 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 if, the, if the show is brilliant, fantastic, amazing. Wow. Wasn't the presenter great? And, of course. And, uh, <laughs> if, the, if the show's rubbish or the warm up was a bit, a bit rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've been doing warm up Absolutely. now for. 30 odd plus years you know and I've, I've learned that over time and i love it and it's it's i've done some amazing things off the back of warm-up i've been able to do some presenting jobs and 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 go to places and do things that i would never have done if i hadn't done warm-up so it's been a great learning thing for me and i loved every minute of it so no, you've had an back... amazing career mate yeah absolutely absolutely i think you've done uh in, incredibly well and also have you know stuff that's very very enviable, particularly to the robot community. That's why you're here today, because that you will have seen things that a lot of people really, really wanted to see. And maybe even at the time didn't realize what yeah. you were part of, what would become a cultural phenomenon and what maybe, I mean, when you were doing Robot Mayhem, I believe that's the, what was the war, that was the, the almost like the trials for Series 4. Yeah, 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 go on, yeah, yeah, go on, yeah, 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 this was the very beginning of it really, wasn't it for you? Because yeah. that, that was the, um, the like the, the not the trials like the playoffs. I don't know the qualifiers. That was yeah. that's better. The, the qualifiers for series four. Did you ever look around and go, what am I doing here? How have I ended up? Because I mean, I do that now. I sometimes I look at these robots and go, how look what they've made and look what I do. I just but shout. I, but I think that I think that's what adhered me to the robot community. If I'm honest, because when go I was on. doing the job. I wasn't going. Oh, you've 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 mixed up your power flange. There it is again. With the, the I did I did know nothing. So I'm when I'm asking them a question, I'm generally interested, and then I'm going. Well, that's how does that work? And and so therefore they were going. Well, here's a person who doesn't try and be all smug and thinks he knows everything, and and is a genuine interest of what it is and how it works. And then watching it, and 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 like I said, I've always been a big fan of wrestling since I was a kid and all that stuff. And I, 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 and I love that kind of gladiatorial kind of vibe. I thought, oh, I like this. I like, wouldn't it be better if we took the screens down? That's when they realised maybe you shouldn't be a producer. Um, you know, because, uh, <laughs> uh, but that's why, and, I, and that's why I loved it so much. And then going backstage, I love, I love talking to people who have a, a hobby or a job or a career that's a bit different. And if, when they're really, when they're really passionate about it and believe in it and love it so much, I love hearing their stories about why they love it so much. And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, I'm going to become a brain surgeon too. It sounds great. Fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that's, that's why I think I've done so well. I'm honest. Amazing stuff. So Andy, 
what's coming up for the rest of the year? You're always very, very busy, apart from the radio show. I know you like to, to, to keep a, a lot of plate spins. So what is coming up for you? Okay, so I've got a, 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 a company that I work for that I'm involved in called Bring the Noise Productions. So we've just finished working on the Ryder Cup. We start this weekend on the WSL. Uh, it's Chelsea versus Man United. That's about fan engagement and, and, and being on, kind of like being on on the pitch or wherever we are on the on the stage and getting the fans involved. So I'm doing that. Uh, obviously the, the radio show that's going from strength to strength. I'm doing Saturday night takeaway soon. That's the last one of the series. Uh, that's going to be very emotional. Um, we've got a few other bits and bobs. Uh, obviously the Panto uh, next year again, which I, I love Ellsbury Panto. It's just brilliant. Can't wait um, to come and watch it. You're in it. Don't be silly. You're directing it. <laughs> don't, just do all, don't do all this. Don't do all this. You know you're directing it. Uh, he does this every year. Just make him get his money up 50 quid. So, um, so yeah, which will be great. An hour. And, and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 don't, I always think to myself, how are we going to top what we did last year? And I and I don't know. But then again, we sit in a room, Chris and I, and we have a little bit of it. And then suddenly it just booms. And we get this... Yeah. Well, let's bring I'm, Matilda I, into it, mate. Let's bring some robots into it. Maybe that's you what's got my missing. vote. Well, I'll tell you this year, it's uh, it's Captain, it's uh, Peter Pan, the Fever Adventures of Peter Pan, and I'm flying this year, flying out into the crowd, and uh, I love I love it, to be that you know flying through the air is a brilliant experience. Not as a highlight is when they all hook you up to the harness. There's a guy called John uh, who's been at the Yellowsby Waterside Theatre since the beginning. Big lad. He's he works behind the the, the scenes, and his job is to pull the rope. That lifts me up and there's nothing worse when you're just about to fly and you go right lift him up in the air and you hear john go, go i'm done john i'm not that big love i'm only about nine stone girl you know what i mean uh, so yeah we'll be do- we're, and we're gonna be doing a song this year aren't we chris we don't know yet what but we're gonna be doing a song yeah no there'll be another song so i basically have every year over the last few years certainly i've been giving andy more and more adventurous songs so i think he's probably going to be doing a lame is medley this year glenn so, uh, oh uh... can you hear the people <laughs> there. There. it'll be great listen i do if, I, I i i so want to come along uh when you're touring wherever you may be Please let me come along. I don't want to. No, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not fishing for a percentage job. Let me come as a punter. Let me bring my boy and and just oh, be, a, we'd love be there that, with mate. my foam fingers screaming and cheering. I, <laughs> well, I, love I quite I quite like the use of Andy's word of the um, well use of the word punter because I think you can be a punter for anything. There is things in life. There are there are men who have achieved everything and have untold wealth, but they're still a punter for something. Cristiano Ronaldo still goes to watch the UFC. Yeah, everyone's yeah. a punter for something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I love so I love that idea that you know because because that's what uh, roboteers who are now elite level roboteers at one point were punters michael bought a vip ticket to come is that isn't that right chris it is michael yeah, bought yeah. a vip ticket to come to a show and now he is the greatest roboteer in my opinion in the world that's really? that's mental yeah that's that's, really... that's yeah that's so it's incredible and that's what we wanted and that's why being a punter is good for something because it gets you engaged in it and like you said if you actually listen to people and you get engaged with them like you know like i've i've never once to any roboteer gone when they said tell me stuff i will go that's fantastic i have absolutely no idea what you just said but if you'd like to try and try if somebody and i use chris sometimes as a breakwater because he's been in it 11 years now and so he understands it a little bit more so before i start talking about it because I've got to translate what that person just said to me, and I don't know what a flange is. I don't know what a flange is, Andy. So here's a, here's a question for you before we wrap up. I know you've got to go. So this, so when we go to wrestling, I like to wear my t-shirt 
which is mm-hmm. just a boy's all my boy wears his like you know whatever the latest oh, what was it right uh, uh what was he? i was wearing you were gonna say uh, razor ramon then weren't you i was, was, like, I, I was wearing my honky tonk band t-shirt right? <laughs> fantastic my favorite wrestler of all time right but it just shows for everybody that i you know i'm a fan of wrestling I, I know what i'm talking about if you had to wear a t-shirt with a robot on it that indicated that you were a proper robot fan what would the t-shirt be of Wee oh cheese wheelie big cheese from really big. series like <laughs> god knows what do you know what probably that one that granny one you know that one that was just a granny in a wheelchair and that uh, somehow i mean didn't <laughs> oh my god. do you remember i'm sure it was oh my god there's gonna be so many roboteers so annoyed at me that one i'd wear a t-shirt with that on but in that kind of beyonce style you know that one that goes oh. across like like the <laughs> Like a two-pack Shakur one, but with the granny from Robot Wars and a wheelchair yeah, on it. I'm going with Razor because I'm a Glory fan, man. Oh, you see, you're man, yeah. you've, you've gone full Man United with that one. I was going to say, you're, you're literally walking in as Man City at that point. <laughs> exactly. I'm not here to muck about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Andy, I know I know. we've taken your time this morning. You've literally just come off the radio. You've been on since, what, six o'clock this morning. So I yes. personally just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. I'll let Glenn... Uh, Glenn? I'll let Glenn... Um, Good presenting by me there. I'll let uh, Glenn wrap things up with you, mate. But honestly, just so thank you so much for giving us a bit of a, an insight into that world that went on before we got involved in it. And it's so nice to know somebody that appreciates what it's like out that front with, you, uh, you know, from an audience point of view. 100% genuine this one, mate. So when we talked about this, I thought, okay, it's, it's been a, a long time. I better just kind of refresh my memory. So you go on to the computer and you go, well, let me just have a little, just remind me stuff. And, and I was there for an hour going, oh my God, I remember that. Yes, I was. I'm just to the left of that clip, and I was, and it, it all came flooding back. So I want to thank you for this. This has been lovely, but also big thank you for the hours worth of homework, which was only meant to be a five minute look on the computer that I had last night, <laughs> reminiscing about all the good times and all the fun and all the giggles I had doing this show. I, 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 I just have such happy memories of it. I really do. Amazing. That's fantastic. Right. Well, we're going to shoot off. Andy, have a wonderful rest of the day. And of course, Andy will be joining us when we take a look at the Extreme Robots 2024 UK tour. All of the dates are available on extremerobots.co.uk. Phone finger. I'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. Phone fingers and all. You've got to pick a team this year, Andy. You have to pick a team because there's Team Inferno. They're the Man City. Then yeah. there's Team Divinity, that's Craig, who's the nice, nice older gentleman. I'm just going to say older Watford. in comparison. They're, Watford, fair enough. Yeah, good. Then you've got, then you've got Team Quake. Now that's Will. He used to have Aftershock, the one that went through the wall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Team Four is Shane. Now, Chris, you explain what Shane's like first. This is Team Wolfpack. So Wolfpack are the bad boys. They're the outsiders, right? So they're all the rogue robots, really. He is the equivalent of, like, Wolf from the Gladiators, right? So he comes out and he starts having a go at the crowd. Wherever he are, he always hates them and all that sort of thing. Use a wrestling example for Andy. Who is he? he, he, Oh, oh, he would be... uh, Giant Haystacks. No, somebody more modern like The Miz. Yo, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really he's really good on the mic and whether he wins or loses um he's he's a brilliant person to have but he's so good at his job that the crowd start to love him oh, like good. they all start to get on side so uh he's he's a really good character he's a proper panto villain for us i love well I, as you know i i know unfortunately i can't be a panto villain because i'm too uh, young and good looking but there will come a time when i like each other. <laughs> but i love i love a, i love a baddie i love a good bad a good baddie is a good baddie it's just exceptional so i'm gonna go with wolfpack all day long all right well oh, there you go 
Well, Andy's made his pick for the UK Tour 2024. Of course, the tickets are available from extremerobots.co.uk. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Chris, as always, a pleasure. So for Andy, Chris, and myself, we'll see you next time on Reactivate.